0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our Bible Ponder for this week. Um, We're going through our series looking at the genealogy of Jesus. And the past couple of weeks, we've looked at Matthew's genealogy. Um, So Matthew presents the genealogy right at the beginning of his gospel. And he goes from Abraham to David through on to Jesus is how he presents us. So the first week of that, we took a look at um, what he's trying to do, what he's trying to say by that genealogy. And then last week, we looked at the women in the genealogy. There are five women mentioned, and we looked at why they're there and why they're important, why their stories are important to be told and remembered. And that's why Matthew um, places them there in Jesus's line of ancestry. So this week, we're going to take a little bit of a look at the genealogy that Luke's gospel gives us. And if you've read both of them, especially if you've read both of them back to back, um, you can't help but notice that they are uh, very, very different. And they're different in some pretty important ways. Um, Surface level, they're different because they work backwards from Jesus all the way back to Adam and then God. Um, But they're also just the names are almost completely different. There's very little overlap in the names that Matthew gives for Jesus's ancestry and the names that Luke gives. So first off, let's just read Luke's um, genealogy and then um, we'll talk through kind of um, what these differences are and where they lead us. So Luke's genealogy comes in chapter three and it begins from verse 23. Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his work. He was the son, as was thought, of Joseph, son of Heli, son of Mathat, son of Levi, son of Melchi, son of Janai, son of Joseph, son of Matthias, son of Amos, son of Nahum, son of Elsi, Esli, son of Nagai, son of Maath, son of Matthias, son of Simeon, son of Josech, son of Jodah, son of Jonan, son of Resa, son of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, son of Neri, son of Melki, son of Adi, son of Kosam, son of Elmadam, son of Er, son of Joshua, son of Eleazar, son of Joram, son of Mathat, son of Levi, son of Simeon, son of Judah, son of Joseph, son of Jonam, son of Eliakim, son of Melia, son of Mena, son of Mattathah son of nathan son of david son of jesse son of obed son of boaz son of salah son of Nashon, son of amminadab son of admin son of arni son of hezron son of perez son of judah son of jacob son of isaac son of abraham son of terah son of nahor son of serug son of reu son of peleg son of ebor son of Shelah, son of canaan son of arphaxad son of shem son of noah son of lamech son of methuselah son of enoch son of jared son of Mahalalel, son of canaan son of enos son of seth son of adam son of god so we get a lot of names there in that genealogy, and you can see where the overlap is. There you have David, son of Jesse, son of um, Obed, son of Boaz. All of that is the same. But there you have um, his David's son, who is Jesus's ancestor, listed as Nathan, not Solomon. And then it goes all the way back again through Abraham, but then back through Noah, and then even through names that are, are famous in other ways, like Enoch and Seth, and then, of course, Adam, the son of God. So what's going on? Why the differences? Well, first of all, we don't really know why the differences are. The differences could be in the fact that neither of them are perfectly correct genealogies. So it's not that one is right and one is wrong but it could be that they both are the best reconstructions that the authors could have done or that they're just constructing it to put it there and the point is not the accuracy of the names but the point is um, the overall effect that they're creating. There are some theories about why there might be differences that have to do with um, Leverite marriage, as it's called, where um, inheritance would go through one certain ancestor, but the actual biological father might be that person's brother, and because of the first man not being able to um, provide a child with the, his wife, his brother was then obligated to provide her an heir. And so that might happen. Um, that's some of the theories and those go back um, quite a few centuries. There are um, lots of other things about the difference in who, like, you know, different transcription errors, whether uh, scribes over the centuries maybe made a mistake here or there with certain names and then Luke is looking at different historical manuscripts than, than Matthew is, or, or different things like that. Whatever the theory, the, the differences are are quite massive, even just to Joseph's father is different. So even right off the bat in what could have been living memory for, for Joseph and, and Jesus and, and his followers, the, the changes are already there. So then we need to look beyond, if we can't reconcile the differences or kind of say why, we need to look at what is Luke saying versus what Matthew is saying. So for Matthew's genealogy, we talked about two things, covenants and promises. So for Matthew, he is drawing a very um, Hebrew sort of genealogy for Jesus that goes back through the kingly line of David, all the way back to Abraham, the father of all of the nation. And so what's important for Matthew is these epochs of promise from Abraham to David to the exile and through then to the ultimate coming of the Messiah. So it's a very messianic and very Jewish and very grounded in covenants and promises and messianic line and the line of David and royalty and all of those sorts of things that are themes for the entire book of Matthew. So if you look at the genealogy of Matthew, as I said in those videos, it sets us up for the whole book and sets us up for the themes that will recur throughout all of Matthew's gospel. So for Luke, what's going on? Well, Luke has a different beginning all the way. Again, this is already in the middle, uh, the end of chapter three that we get this genealogy. And already we've had quite a different start. Luke um, is a lot bigger and, and more verbose about the birth of Jesus and what's going on there and around him. But what we also have in Luke's gospel And the focus already is a focus on the historical context of the Roman rule. And you have in the days of Caesar Augustus, you have governors mentioned, and you have different things like that, censuses and all of those sorts of things that are setting the scene for Luke's gospel. And so then we get here and Luke's genealogy that he gives for Jesus goes back all the way through, just name by name, by name, by name through, you know, it hits the right points. It hits David, it hits Abraham, it hits Noah, it hits all of that but all the way back to Adam and then to God. And so in a sense with that Roman context in which the emperors were claiming to either be gods themselves later on after at the time that Luke's maybe writing his gospel, but at the time of Jesus, they were at least claiming to be the son of God. The, the emperor Tiberius, who is alive at the time of Jesus, did claim to be the son of God, it's written on the money that was printed, that he was son of the divine Augustus. And so could Luke here be pulling at that thread and looking at how it's important for the readers to know for Jesus as Messiah, that he is son of God also? And he can trace his lineage all the way back. So it's again, it's a messianic genealogy with a bit of a different bent. So rather than looking at Jewish promises and epochs and 14 and 14 and 14 and those kinds of things, he's going back to God and he's looking at a sort of bigger picture that goes out, maybe zooms out and has a relevance not just to a Jewish context, but to the entire Roman world and people who would have been reading it at the time. Luke is a Gentile himself. He's a native Greek writer and speaker. And so Luke's gospel is much more polished and fluent Greek than Matthew's. Matthew's um, definitely has a sense of, of, for one, it being probably being translated um, from Aramaic, but written by someone who's not a native Greek speaker. But Luke is a Greek speaker. In fact, he's likely a doctor of some sort. So he's he's intelligent and he's um, cultured and he is from the wider Greek and Roman world. He's not a Jew um, in the sense that Matthew's gospel is very, very um, Jewish and centered in that sort of tradition. So we're looking at different things. And so it's not necessarily the the most helpful thing to just hold the genealogies up next to each other, kind of point to the names, like, oh, look at the names, look at the names here. Because both of them in their gospels are putting the genealogy there for different reasons. And so for Luke, in the wider context, his genealogy and the way he presents it has more of a meaning for for a wider Greek audience in terms of tracing it back through the, the same points, but all the way through to God. And again, keeping the Messianic, thing, keeping the David and Abraham and all of that, but looking kind of a bit wider. So whether or not they were using different you know manuscripts, or they were looking at different things, or that these names actually might have meant something to different people at the time, we don't really know. But I think the, the most helpful way to look at it is to look at what they're functioning as in each of the gospels. So that's what I have to say about the genealogy that Luke presents us. So next week, just before Christmas, i will do a video where we kind of tie this together a little bit and we we put a little bit of a bow on it and and, um, pull all of the things together and and lead up till Christmas. And then after Christmas and and into the new year, we'll look at having a Zoom discussion where we maybe revisit some of this and, and talk through it a bit more. So thanks for watching. As always, if you want to check out the previous videos, go onto Facebook or YouTube and the playlist there is is called Bible Ponder. And you can find all of the previous videos um, up there and you can watch through all of them to your heart's content. But thanks for joining us this evening. Have a good night.